Hi everyone and welcome to the Wandering Minstrel Podcast 9, very special Geek Girl Con edition. From Geek Girl Con that was held in Seattle, Washington, October 8th and 9th of 2011. This will be the audio track from Tell Your Story Through Audio Drama. It was moderated by Julie Hoverson of 19 Nocturne Boulevard and included me, Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard, here of Gypsy Audio, Kimberly and Beverly Poole of Warped Space, also actors for other people, and Rise Torres Miller, who often acts for Julie in 19 Nocturne Boulevard and many other things. I hope you enjoy our panel. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at gypsyaudio at gmail.com. Enjoy! Gypsy Audio will hit its third birthday in December. 
um, which means I split <coughs> off from Imagination Lane three years ago, which I split off from that with a different person. Um, but we will be putting out, we just put out our first soap opera episode this last month called Gypsy Cove. The supernatural. A supernatural soap opera, not in the world of supernatural. Everything, 98% no. um, of what I do is original audio, only 2% of what we do is fan audio. And 98% of what we do, and I didn't do it on purpose, is female oriented. It just sort of happened that way. And although we didn't do it on purpose, we are rare on the net that we are female oriented. Everything else is male oriented, pretty much. There's, there's, I mean, there's, there's here and there. Yeah. But, but it's it's nice to know that this is it's it's an easy it's an easy world to get into to start either you know acting in shows or to start producing. It does take there's a learning curve to be able to produce, as as we've all been through <laughs> to some degree. And, but um, but it's not it's not impossible. And there is that moment when all of a sudden it turns into a game. I remember when she hit this. It was all of a sudden she goes. She's like, for weeks, it's like, uh, I'm doing what? It's not listening to me. And then suddenly it's like, it's a game! <laughs> okay, that's an exaggeration. Well, it's a little bit like Tetris. Pull this file here, yeah, yeah. that file there, and move this over here. And, you know. yeah. and there's a lot of good programs available, in, even for free, to yeah. be able to produce audio. I use Audacity, which is a free download. Now, this is a, a fundamental thing. Of, of what, you know, how, to, how one of the things that I get asked a lot on the internet is, how much is this going to cost me to do? In theory, you can do it nearly for free. If you have, already have a decent microphone set up, and you have, you know, download Audacity and you work with it, and you can get actors who you can get to record themselves with a reasonable quality, and you can write your own scripts. I mean, it's actually very easy to put together, and there are free places to post to a certain degree. I mean, you can't post a million piles and 75 episodes <laughs> for free. But there, there is stuff out there. Um, if anybody's interested in seeing what Audacity looks like, I have it up on my computer. You know, yeah. And that's something that, it, it, once you see it, you'll see it's, it's actually, once you figure out what it is, it's, it's really easy to use. Now, we don't all work in Audacity. I uh, work in uh, Adobe Audition. So do I. And I, I have Audition and I use it for some things, but I'm so used to Audacity that it's hard to it's hard to move over when you find it very easy to use something. But um, why don't we talk a little bit about getting into acting? Let's, let's actually let's pull the audience. How many people here want to create a show? To actually create your own show? Okay, we got a good. How many people would like to try acting in a show? Cool. So one of the neat things that you, what I, yeah. I already do, but I love it. Yeah. Well, one of the nice things about audio is you don't have to deal with, among other things, it's a great place for people who are stage shy, who, don't, who, who are concerned with being in front of an audience. It's you and the mic. That's it. It's you and the mic. And most of us do, uh, at least to some degree, what we call satellite recording or remote recording, where... We take a script, we cast people from our friends on the internet, many of whom we've never met, many of whom are in England in or other England, countries. New Zealand. <laughs> we send the script out to them and they send us back the MP3 of them reading all of their lines. And then we put them together. The trick is making it sound like they're all in the same room afterwards. Which is a learning curve. It is. But, um, but that's one of the things that makes it so accessible for people to get into acting in these shows. If you've got a decent setup where you can record with decent sound. That's part of what makes putting it together in the end functional is that we get good sound from everybody. Then you can usually find out, way, you know, there's some shows post auditions, some shows take volunteers, and that way you can get into it. Um, well, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I have posted auditions right now, for example. Yes, yeah. And one of the places that a lot of this gets posted is audiodramatalk.com. There are a couple other sites, like there's one called Voice Hollywood, except I don't think it's voicehollywood.org, it's got some other thing to it. You have to go search for Voice Hollywood. There's the Voice Acting Alliance. Alliance, that's the other that's place the other that one. is often used. And, and Voice Hollywood and Voice Acting Alliance do a lot of anime and fan-based stuff. I see a lot of that go there. Audio Drama Talk is a little bit more, not necessarily slanted toward the 
not the original, but it's it's more into actually covers everything. But we don't see a lot of the anime people show. No, strangely, I think you see more anime at VAA than you do at Audio Drama Talk, and that's not a bad thing. I think they think we're all old funny dummies. <laughs> not me. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> actually, I have to say it's pretty awesome that we've got a lot of, of females, obviously, in this area because we're all local. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, and there's like three other female producers that we know of, I mean, who produce on a regular basis, and of those, uh, the only one we talk about? No, I mean, <laughs> Tanya Milo. Tanya She's really good. She's yeah. on the East Coast. And she works for me, too. Yeah. Oh, cool. she, works, she is mixing a, one of my main shows is Tamlin P.I., which is about a female private eye in Seattle. Um, Norish with fantasy and, and science fiction overtones and she is mixing one of my episodes right now. So yeah, there's there's it's it's a great way to get into doing stuff. Well but, uh, Tanya is also involved with uh, um, the audio stuff for visually impaired people. Yeah she's starting she's part of a group that are starting an organization Odyssey? Odyssey shoot I should know this. Anyway they're they're aiming specifically at recruiting visually impaired people to work in doing making audio shows because they will have their own special uh, viewpoint. Terrible word. <laughs> their own special take on it. There are a lot of visually impaired people there. that are working in audio drama. I have another visually impaired person um, working with me. It sounds weird to say it that way. His name's Wayne. He's a nice guy. Um, well, Tanya does you know, not. He mixes for me. Yeah, mixing, mixing. I can't imagine mixing, not seeing. Oh, gosh, no. They're I'm really impressed as heck. He sent me an email though, and he goes, you know, I know you can't hear it, but I live by my ears, and this doesn't sound right. I'm going to go ask the actor for a different tape. I didn't hear anything wrong with it, but he did. If he feels that somebody else will hear it, I completely get it. So it's good to have have them there to help us out. And Tanya is a really good actor on top. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's really top notch in a lot of ways. Uh, so if you're really really interested in audio drama, but you haven't. Um, really started looking, you can see that it's this whole community. Uh, you can go on and search for these for these various sites. You can find a lot of different kinds of shows to listen to. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you get interested in working on one, we're very open people. We are. Yeah. Many Most of us are on iTunes also. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, no, no, we no. are. Many of us are just easily cheap, free on yes. iTunes. <laughs> that's, that's as well as everywhere else. That is one of the aspects of this is that, you know, while it's easy to make, it's also, you know, mostly freely distributed, and part of the reason for that is that that the you know it's it's so much easier than trying to set up some I mean than trying to to convince people to buy stuff because people have been burned a few times, and also because I mean for me personally I have this terrible feeling that if I try to charge for the show no matter that I've got a reputation or the show's got a reputation then all of a sudden I'll, my audience will drop drastically and somebody will just pay it and then like go post it somewhere. And I'm like, I'd rather just keep the audience. Yeah. You know, for me, it's, this is my writing resume. This is my, you know, dramatic resume. This is my chance to play crazy old ladies. Well, <laughs> I would go broke really fast if I had to pay for my audio because I listen to it eight hours a night at work. Yeah. A lot of people listen to it in the car on the way home yeah, or when they're working out. That's what I hear a lot is, I'm going to listen to this, you know, I have a two-hour commute. I'm going to listen to your show and three others, or I'm going to go work out and listen. And it would be a lot more expensive if people had to pay. But in order for us to make them free, we use free services. We yeah. use free sounds. We use free music. We don't pay our actors, obviously. Well, and that's the other side of if we did try to charge, then we'd have to be, yeah. we'd be a lot more limited in the music we can use and stuff. That's another thing is and music resources and sound effect resources a lot of times are Creative Commons, which means you can use them only in a non-commercial way. And then you have to get into accounting about how much you pay this actor, how many, how many people. <laughs> it would be a nightmare. We'll just need to worry, <laughs> at least for now. Do we have any questions? Oh, uh, let's start here. Um, you mentioned um, before about um, a decent microphone. Yeah. What's a decent microphone when you really don't have a great recording environment? Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, there's the new sort of uh, puffy microphone, yeah. but that gets rid of a lot of the ambient noise. But is that the type of stuff that you're thinking of? Or? I don't know of that. I'm, I am not 
a dreadfully technical person. Which sounds weird to ask, but did your question That's my you field. Um, oh, excellent. What they're using right there, those microphones right there, which are not actually turned on. Yeah, they're yeah, sure. And nor the kind we use. They're fairly cheap. And they're, they're really good as long as you're right from the microphone at getting rid of um, ambient noise around you. Yeah. The, what they have right there, the Zoom recorder, is also good if you want to go portable. Okay. And then, what I've been told by a sound technician who was one of those people who after the first five minutes he would go on talking and I would just hear more, 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 because he was, you know, the sound wave with the binary. <laughs> but no, what I gather from him is if you don't have a good sound space, if you don't have a fully buffered room. Now, I have discovered that bookshelves make great sound buffers <laughs> because it's flat surfaces you want to avoid. <coughs> See, I don't have any flat surfaces in my house. One second. But if you don't have a perfect sound environment, having a, you know, you'd be better off with like a karaoke mic because it'll just pick up what's here than with a posh, expensive mic which will pick up all the bad noise. You know, it's part of it is experimenting. I've found one thing that I particularly like as a unit is um, M-Audio put out uh, what they call a podcast factory and it doesn't actually come, they don't actually make it anymore, but they show up on eBay pretty often. And it's, a, it's, it's got the unit, it's got the microphone and a little unit that goes into a preamp and then it, the preamp plugs into the computer and the sound just goes straight into your recording program. Now, I will use yeah. that for recording for the audio drama except for the credits. Yeah. But I can do the credits with a blanket over my head. But my house is really noisy. So. Blanket over the head helps cut reverb. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have two voice actors, one of whom records an age home studio that he spent thousands of dollars on, and the other one is a $5 PC boom mic from Fry's, and he records in his car with the engine off. And I cannot tell the difference <laughs> between these two guys, because the, the background ambiance is nil in both cases. Interesting about the car. My advice, sorry, um, what I learned, and I learned this from trial and error, is a headset mic may seem like it's a good idea, don't do it. I used one for several years and got several rolls with them, but n nowhere near as good a quality as I get now. And I used just a little, it's a stand-up snowball mic. They're about $99, I think. But they, they do a fairly good job of cutting out the things behind it also. And I just set it right in front of me on my laptop. <laughs> and never ever use the built-in mic. No, no. <laughs> question here and then one there. So as a technical person, I've been kind of looking just casually, so this is probably why I haven't gotten any results, but I was kind of looking to get into helping doing the technical aspects of radio dramas, but everything I was finding was for acting or the writing. You, you want to do sound? Exactly. Sell. <laughs> Where do I find the people you, who want me? Person they're talking to, and that's <coughs> when they do their recording on their own. It, it also depends. 
depends on, I mean, I've got a lot of actors that I'm real comfortable with and that I know who I can give certain things to. Part of it also, though, is in how you write your script. I mean, it really does make a difference if you give clear ideas of what the inflections you want are. And that's something that really helps. Um, I'll, I'll even do things like, if I write a, a line that's ambivalent, like, of course you do, I'll put in after it, sarcastic, or something just to make it really clear what's being said. Or if they say something that's like, um, you know, it was, what was the line I had? Donkey's princess. And it was like, afterward I put bullshit. Because <laughs> it was just a different way of saying that, but that was the inflection I wanted on it. But sometimes also we get, I, I have, uh, my living room is off in a studio. I bring in actors, and we did a we did a massive recording scene <laughs> recently with seven actors crammed into my living room, and uh, and and that was nice because we were all trying to master an accent, and and I had to keep stopping people from turning southern. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was it was really hard because it's such a you wouldn't think that Maine. That doing a New England accent would take you straight into the deep south. <laughs> and we all kept ending up there. Except Rick, who kept ending up in Brooklyn. <laughs> and that, that highlights another thing, too. Um, this does happen quite a lot. Some people, like Julie, are able to sit down with seven people and do their recordings, but then they have some roles that they still have to satellite out. I won't mention my own name, but she had to send me a recording of them doing this accent, because they all sat around and mastered it. So I get the recording and I get to sit there and go, you want me to do what? <laughs> I, I tried. I sat there for two hours redoing the scene, trying to make sure it was what she wanted. Yeah. She hasn't told me yet oh, if she's I, heard it or not. I haven't got to episode three yet. <laughs> I'm working now as a, as a plug. I just put out this morning, actually, because I couldn't wait till tomorrow when it's supposed to come out. The first episode of my four-part, it's for my anniversary because this is my show's anniversary month. Uh, four-part adaptation of The Dunwich Horror by H.P. Lovecraft. And episode one came out this morning, and it's going to come out each weekend until Halloween. So that was what we were recording with, with the main accent. Even though Dunwich is in Massachusetts, well, if you find for Massachusetts accent examples, all sounded too boston which sounds too modern. And we wanted something that sounded backwards. Not to invent, not to invent the main at all. <laughs> no, the main during H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we were just looking for something that had that right feel to it. Uh, I, I don't claim we all, we, we, it's, it's perfect all the way through, but as long as it's consistent, we're good. Because none of which is made up. Well, none of us are perfection. If we were putting out perfection, we should be able to Yeah, we'd get paid. Or <laughs> but it, my first one would be still sitting on the computer. We were well, waiting um, for that. Yeah. Uh, from the actor's uh, perspective, I, I definitely give several different readings of the line because I might have no clue what they want or what will sound good with the other actor. So being able to give them options is really helpful. And that, that is actually a standard that when we're getting people from a yeah, distance to record is we ask for three takes or more if they come up with a different way. So if it's like the line is, I told you you shouldn't do that, it can be like, I told you you shouldn't do that. I told you you shouldn't do that. I told you you shouldn't. You know, I mean, there's so many different ways. And if they give us different ways, we can generally find the one that fits. There's a question back there, yeah. I was going to ask you where you find your sound effects. There are a number of resources on the internet. Um, one thing that's nice about audiodramatalk.com is it's got a whole bunch of links down one side. And they're not necessarily all valid anymore because they don't get updated very often. But if nothing else, that's a good, also a good place to go to ask people. Um, for free stuff, it's pretty much the Free Sound Project. Free Sound Project, there's um, Sound Dogs has some free. Yeah. And then SoundSnap will allow you five free a month. Not no, 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 that's only for people who are grandfathered in. Otherwise, you have to. Oh, I guess I was grandfathered in. I yeah. got. And they are asking way too much money. So although yeah. they have somewhat decent sound effects, they're not worth the price. One, uh, also, though, um, there's, there's a place called One Sound FX. It's, it's one the digit, then sound F, X. And what they do, they give you five free sounds a week, but it's their choice. If you sign up there, then you can go in each week. They also sell sounds. If you want to buy sounds, you can buy them. But each week, if you go in and you download your five free sounds, you can build a library that way, even if they're not stuff you can use. Are these, um, are these all things that you can reuse? Yes. yes. They, they
They are, and some of them are usable only under um, non-commercial, you know. But at least that's all I really look at myself is what I can use as a non-commercial. Yeah. If you're looking at doing commercially, you're better off purchasing your sounds because then you're usually getting a full no royalty kind of thing. Another place to look, it's called the footage firm, and the footage firm is primarily doing stock footage and stuff for video, but they also have sound effect libraries. And if you sign up on their on their um, on their they, they sign up for the mailing list, they do these promotions where they'll sell the CDs of sound effects for they're free with postage, but you know they're normally forty dollars, and with postage they're eight fifty. You know, and they have a CD of you know beeps, buzzes, and farts that you can hear. It's all the way if you want. <laughs> and that's a way to get ones that are totally usable. Yeah, no, do you have another question? Oh, no, I thought well, I, I, I did, actually. It's, oh. it's still on um, FX recording. Do you guys record your own FX? And if you do, do you have any suggestions? I usually only do it if it's something I really, really can't find somewhere. And sometimes we use the Zooms. I have one somewhere. Um, <laughs> my house is full of crap. I, I do sometimes. More often than not, it's cats because it's easier to get a real cat noise than getting one off the web that doesn't sound like a cat. I have two cats that are very, very loud. <laughs> Unfortunately, they are loud while I'm recording. Um, but there's others, too. I've had people do footsteps for me if you can't find... I mean, there's a lot of footsteps out there, but a lot of them sound like somebody going... Yeah. Yes. You don't all sound that way when you're walking down a hall. <laughs> or squeaky doors, you know, things you have in your house. I find myself manipulating sound effects that I've downloaded for free a lot because it doesn't sound the way I want it. Yeah. So I manipulate it or add a lot together and change it. Yeah, yeah. we do that too. Or speed it up or whatever. There's there's a lot of ways to mix it. A question over there? I kind of the same vein. Is there any call for like Foley artists in this? Like modern Foley artists in this field? Like people that make these sounds? That would be, I mean, yeah. There's, there's, I, I'm sure that if somebody wanted to do that and get into it, they could, Again, it would probably just be volunteering like yeah. the rest of us. But yeah, no, I'm, I've, a couple of times I've tried to inspire people to do that by posting like, hey, I'm looking for a sound effect. But usually what people do is just pop up and send me one that they've already got in their library. I'm like, oh, I was trying to inspire somebody to make it. Well, somebody, I will, somebody actually did make and send me the sound of dead whippoorwills hailing down on the ground, which I was looking for. <laughs> For the end of the day. I don't want to know how they did that. <laughs> no birds were harmed. No, I put that in my closing credits. Um, what I was going to say is um, the place that charges, SoundSnap, they do ask for Foley artists and they actually do some remuneration for Foley artists. They yes, do. it costs us money to download, but it doesn't cost people to upload to them and then they get some. I don't know if they necessarily get money, but they definitely get some acclaim for what it is they do. I think there's some, yeah, some sort of sharing thing. Um, another site where I get stuff, if I want something that's really, really good and specific, I'll go to Sonomic.com because they carry the BBC library. It's $5 a sound effect, so I'm never going to be buying a gunshot from them or a footstep. But if I need three minutes of a bazaar in Egypt or, or uh, the ambience of a swamp with whippoorwills in it, I'm, I'm willing to pony up five bucks for that. Um, let's see. Ah, I have a question. Um, as you have other people recording for you that you're mixing, is there something that you hear a lot the recording artists do a mistake they make that just drives you nuts, or something you wish that you could tell people to be careful of as they record? For me, it's um, any kind of interference in the words. Um, so I have actors that insist on only sending it to me once, no matter how many times I tell them, please, three times. Because um, sometimes there's weird clicks in the middle of mm -hmm. it, or somebody in the house closed the door, or a kid just suddenly screamed, and, and now I have that word I can't use, so I have to go through everything else they've sent me and try to find that word so I can take it and place it in the middle. And, and sometimes it's not at the same, they didn't speak yeah. it the same way, so it sounds funny. It's like, <laughs> I've, I've edited out whole lines from time to time because of something like that. Um, just the S. And yeah. it, by the way, you recorded for me and you said the names wrong. <laughs> oh, sure. You had, you had 
<laughs> I don't remember. Well, I'm she's flabbergasted. I've got one. Truly speechless. That never happens. One of the things that I have found is, and I have been guilty of this, is if you mess up your line, and people do, it's all right to leave it there. We like a good uh, flub every now and then. We do blooper reels once in a while. But don't mess your line up in the middle, and then start where you messed it up at. Yes. Go back, start over. Because unfortunately, we've then got how you started here, a mess. And then you're going on here, and you don't sound like you did at the beginning of the sentence. Yes, you just go back to the beginning of the sentence if it's a longer piece. Uh, one second. That, a couple more things that people do a lot that I've actually called people on recently. One of my actors has a tendency to rush through some of his words. And while sometimes that's characterization, sometimes the words are really hard. And I can't break them up, I can't space them out because they're run together. And even when you change the tempo, it seems funny. Yeah. Um, and another thing is people who will go talking along like this and then they got the end of the sentence. And the end of the sentence just kind of drops off. And you're like, just stop in the middle and take a breath. I'll put it together. <laughs> so we had a question over here. I have two questions, actually. One is, how do you increase the amount of listeners that you have? And the other question is, uh, do you connect with your users to get feedback from them on what they liked and what they didn't so they can improve the content of your program? Uh, both very good questions. Yes. Um, first off, to, to, to increase people, a big part of it is patience. Mm -hmm. um, it helps to be consistent and it helps to be on a regular schedule. And that sounds weird because of podcasting, everybody's like, oh, podcasting is magic. It doesn't have to be on a regular schedule. But if you do end up on a regular schedule, people will find you and they'll come back. If they, they know, even if it's a why it's every two months, even if it's you know once a month, they'll come back because they know to expect it. Um, networking with other shows. There are at least three different shows that, that will showcase the works of others. And they've got followings, and those are the Sonic Society, uh, Radio Drama Revival. Yes, Radio Drama Revival just showcased works. I did a little review, too. And, um, and Icebox, I think, still does other people. Does Icebox do I don't think Icebox does. OK, I guess Icebox does it. But anyway, Sonic Society and Radio Drama Revival, at least, play other people's shows, and that's a way to break in and get some some listeners at least interested to come listen to your show. And, uh, and they're all linked through Audio Drama Talk. You can find them all. That's one of the, that's like, a, it's a nice hub to go to. Promos back and forth. And promos, yeah. a lot of, some shows will play promos. I will play promos for Julie or for, well, anybody that sends me a promo, I will put it into my show. Either my, uh, my um, soap opera, it'll be a commercial, or any of my other shows, it'll be at the end. The other thing you can do, which Julie has a Twitter. I have a Twitter for Gypsy Audio. I have a Facebook for Gypsy Audio. I'm on Audio Drama Talk as Gypsy Audio. And of course, gypsyaudio.org is the website for Gypsy Audio. So it's, we do everything we can to try and get the word out. Yeah. You know. uh, I have a Facebook also. And being accessible is big, because that lets people know, like you said, ask the users, what they, the mm -hmm. listeners I assume you mean, what they like and stuff. And um, and that's the thing is, if you're accessible and you answer emails and you answer questions on Facebook, people start to feel like they know you. I mean, they feel comfortable. They're like, oh, hey, this is somebody who, you know. And, and so even if you're just starting out, you know, they're more likely to give you a chance. Like, oh, this person sounds cool. I'm going to totally stay with them and see how they develop. You know, because that's it's hardest for beginning people. It's hardest when you're first breaking in. Um, somebody pointed out that one reason that they start out, they do some fanfic is because it's got a built-in audience. If you do something that's going to appeal to a clear you know, section of an audience and you do it well, I mean, if it sucks, then they're going to be really mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do something that's, that's clearly, you know, then, then it's a way to, to break in and build your audience that way. Um, I don't do, I don't do fanfic because I'm allergic. <laughs> I work in intellectual property. It's it's just this phobia of mine. As for um, getting feedback, please please give us feedback. Yeah, uh, it's it's I barely get any feedback, and I wish I I would. And the little bit of feedback I've gotten, I've actually changed um, how I'm writing it. 
I've said, oh, somebody said they like this in it, I'll put more of that in my show. Mm -hmm. um, so please, please, if you like something, even if you don't like something, yeah. send feedback. As send most of us email. leave an email, put an email on the end of our show somewhere. Mm -hmm. Or comments on the yeah. page or yeah. Facebook or wherever. I will answer anything. Yeah. You can tell me you hate me, I'll answer you. <laughs> Thank you for writing me. about how freeness of content is really important in this medium. It seems like it's a great personal passion of all of yours. I wanted to know, is it possible to do this and also have this be the thing that pays the rent, either through ads in the program or donations? Have any of you experimented with that and how is that gone? I think the closest that comes to that would have to be um, Red Panda. Yeah. Blackjack Justice. I mean, there's and Colonial Audio. And Colonial Audio, but I don't know how much they actually make on it. I feel like I'm making a living on it. I, there are a couple of groups out there that offer things that, that make them money. The next closest is there are a lot of voice actors who not only are doing it for us for free, but do get paid. I've gotten paid twice so far, which, you know, in four years isn't that much. But, you know, you can. I can't make a living on it yet, but, you know, I'm hoping. There's, there's more money saying. in voice acting than there is in actually producing. Yeah. Though, um, I have... Well, I got paid to produce. Yeah, that's true. That's I true. I made a whole $150 for like 60 hours of work. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it is. Yeah. And well, 25 of that was a bonus. <laughs> there, some of, sometimes, though, it does... It, this is a good way to, if you're particularly for actors, to build, um, build their demo reel. And, and then move on to something else. Um, also, you can build a bit of a resume because, you know, who knows if they'd ever actually come ask us if somebody's reliable or not, but it's always possible. And there's some people who give better re recommendations than others. Um, for instance, you know, if people come to me for acting, I'll also, I also help beginning shows find actors if they can't find them. So they come to me and they're like, I really need a guy who might have a British accent. Okay, hold on, I'll see if I can find you somebody. <laughs> I have this all filed under my fairy godmother collection. Actually, they come to me for the same thing. Yeah. Do you know anybody who could, well, yeah, I guess I can find eight people here. Yeah. Which one do you want? But, <laughs> but for instance, I also have it in with a small company that's doing audiobooks that it's possible people will actually get paid for at some point that I can pass people on to if, you know, if I find them reliable and stuff. So, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a sort of a weird commission thing. They get paid when the books go out. You know, it's a very small company. So whatever they need, when they need it. But, you know, it's, it's possible. There are also a lot of um, people who write the audio and do the audio books. Or like, um, so they'll, they'll produce the show and put the show out for free. And then they'll sell the ebook. So what they'll do is they'll put out two. They'll they'll start. They'll record it all and get it all done before they start releasing. And they'll have the ebook all ready. So if somebody's really impatient to know what's going on, then they can buy the ebook and find out. And that seems to work a lot I think better. Alexa did for, that actually. For, more for authors. Yeah, yeah, more for authors. I think Alexa did that. Oh, Coward okay. Catchers. Mm -hmm. Ab Abigail Philby. So. Uh, oh, and then there was the one with yes. Yeah, so um, I have some familiar with technology and I have the equipment. We have a singing group that used to perform at Red Bears. Oh. There's only a core of four left. They were kind of scattered around. So the last two albums, we did what you're talking about. Each of us recorded our part multiple times, sent it in, and then it was compiled down to the final. But I don't have a lot of range. I'm not a Julie or a Gwendolyn. I can't do a main accent if I listen to it for eight hours. <laughs> I don't have that kind of talent. But just for the fun of it, is there... Do you have room for voice actors that don't have a lot of range? I mean, oh, people yes, are yes, yes, yes. But I'm like, and I'm already typecast, so can you just use it? <laughs>
Brian Dracula. I was sort of at one point. That was like the first one I cast you. And I was Mrs. Wolf. Yeah, you were Mrs. Wolf. And you were also the client in another B and B investigations. Maybe a lot of fairy tales. Oh, I was in a B and B. And then I get to be a lot of uh, British sisters, sisters in laws, strumpets, snooty people. Really old, crotchety people. Oh, and Grandmother Teeth, who's actually on this. Yeah, scary people. She was Grandmother Teeth, who was sort of my Baba Yaga character in one of my episodes. Uh, you were creepy, too. You didn't start a club with Brian and Dan or Ray. All these people who I cast them in these scary roles, and they, when they finally listen to the show, they're like, I creep myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't play this for your family. This would not be good. I just die a lot. I didn't think I could do accents or any kind of voices when I first started, but then throughout Julie kind of saying, why don't you try this, I found out I can. So. Well, it kind of started because I had Beverly on the shows for a long time, and I had a crazy character come up, and I knew she loved playing crazy characters in role-playing games. And she was like this weird, twisted little, and I'm like, you know what, kid, why don't you play this character? You'll have fun. And she did. And yeah, that was my first one. And I think it was like the next week, you're like, okay, fine, I've already started writing my own show. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, is it's fun, it's infectious. Oh, you got 10 minutes? Okay. Okay, cool. I can see the clock, but not quite. <laughs> Thank you. Um, any any last questions that we can discourse on for a bit, or uh, on being on the the technical end of it, advising people that one of the things I get over and over is people who are just getting into voice acting terrified that their accent will be illegible to the rest of the world. Uh -huh. Have you just so we can reassure people? Have you ever run across an accent that listeners? have trouble listening to or deciphering or just can't figure out some of the words? Are you, you speaking of somebody who's speaking English with their native accent? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or some more problematic than others reliably? I or? don't know that I, I mean, I've, listening to stories on LibriVox, which is a place where anyone can go and volunteer to read public domain stories. I mean, anyone can go and, you know, sort of, you know, get used to your microphone, whatever, and do it there. What's the name of that again? Um, LibriVox, L-I-B-R-I-V-O-X.org, I believe. And that's also where you can download free stories, but of course they're all read by volunteers. There have been a couple on LibriVox that have been, I, I've heard that have been, I mean, you've never lived until you've heard the, what is it, the, the M. Valdemar, the Poe story, um, read by a woman with a very, very thick, I mean, from, from mainland China. <laughs> I saved it so I can learn it. <laughs> I mean, there's a few on there, and there's some, some it's, it's sometimes it's just a mix, mismatching of certain quirks of an accent with certain words that are used by the author. I mean, certain names are unpronounceable in certain accents, you know. But, I mean, really, you know, if you if, like me, if I got somebody who wanted to come and, and they're like, oh, I've got this mainland China accent, can you use me? I would write them apart if they're a good actor. Yeah. You know, and I actually, uh, <coughs> I actually, one of the attorneys I worked with, because um, she, she would be on on weekends, and she was uh, Japanese, and, or Korean, she, no, I can't remember, anyway, um, the, the thing is, I, I think she's Japanese, anyway, we, uh, this was a while back, and we would talk on the weekends about, about shows, and she played some of the shows for her daughter, who's a teenager, and her daughter loved the show, so she came to me one day, and she goes, is there any chance I could be in your show sometime? <laughs> because I think she wanted to impress her daughter. <laughs> and I happened to have a part coming up, and I was like, yeah, sure, here you go. And when we recorded, we recorded actually on my lunch break in the office on a Sunday. And I had to keep rephrasing things, because there were some things that were just really hard for her, because her accent was very thick. And I'm like, okay, cool, let's just let's say, say it a different way. And we just changed it a few times, and, and it worked. And that's the thing is, I... As a writer, I find it's very convenient to not have my words set in stone. Yeah. You know, I give people a chance to rephrase if it fits better or if it's going to be easier to say. We definitely take ad libs. We want to hear what we wrote first, but then if you think you can say it different or better or just want to have fun with it, go ahead because it may end up being what we prefer. Mm -hmm. Just because we wrote it doesn't mean it fits once we get there. Yeah. 
Um, and a good two things. One, a really good resource to give to actors is the BBC Accent Database. They've gone around and they've. Um, is that idea? Yeah, idea, idea. Um, they've gone around and they've taken all these accents from all kinds of people, um, and it's it's a really good way to listen and, and, and get the accent. I say that from an acting perspective. International um, dialects of English. Archives. Yeah, of English I archives. But they have more than just European yeah. accents. Um, that's where we got the main one. Yeah. Like you can find an accent that's like an Italian who lived in Spain for five <laughs> years. <laughs> <laughs> There's some weird stuff up there. Um, but to, to address that question uh, in, a, in a wider way, uh, actors are shy, scared people. You wouldn't think so, but they are. Um, and our biggest fear is to overact. I mean, overacting is synonymous with bad acting. Um, and I get, I started out on the stage, um, and you don't want to overact a whole ton on the stage, but when all you have to hear a story by is your voice, you do have to go a lot bigger. And that's a, that's a learning curve for an actor who, say, who started on stage or screen or something. Um, and, and it's a good thing to point out because it's like an epiphany when you realize, oh my god, I don't sound horrible just because I'm doing this like gnarly voice. <laughs> I, it sounds good. It, it comes across. It works for the story. So. Enunciation is always good, though. Yes. You know, that's one thing that's always handy. Yeah. And uh, a question over there. Hello. Um, something that you get about <coughs> stage acting is the because you have other people there saying their lines in real time. You have something to bounce off of and react to. Um, how do you kind of get around that when you're doing satellite recordings and don't have the the cue line? That is place? that is a tricky one. Um, again, like I said, part of it is in the writing. If the writing is good, and and part of it is in just as an actor reading the line before and the line after, and reading the scene a couple times too. This is one thing I have to beat into the head of some actors who just want to highlight their lines and just read them. I'm like, you have no idea what's going on in the scene. <laughs> I mean, recently, I sent in my scene for a show that I made called Evening Zero, which is a really fun show. It's really high-end sci-fi. I mean, not sci-fi, but really intensively and immersive. And my first scene in it is after an explosion and there's dust in the air and stuff. And so I recorded all my lines like this. And then... <laughs> When Jack got back to me, he goes, oh, the lines sound great. You sound like you have a cold. Are you okay? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I was recording my lines as if I was in a room full of dust. And he's like, damn. <laughs> but yeah, part of it is imagining what, what the other character is speaking like. And, you know, and that's a big part for a lot of the satellite recording is to hear in your head what, line your, what your cue line is and then respond to it. And it's another good reason to give multiple readings of a line. So we can fit the people together, because one person might sound um, really urgent, the other person might sound bored, and that doesn't work together in conversation. So that's another good reason for me to As a producer, Julie, I've got to ask a question. How on God's green earth do you manage your release schedule? <laughs> oh, that, she's, that's I she's magic. The cats. <laughs> <laughs> one show wonders, or the ones who, 
Oh, we're gonna do a series. Cool. We got our first three episodes out. Yeah. Oh, the fourth episode is a little late. Fifth episode's kind of short. Sixth episode. Oh, it's just an apology. We're gonna get out next month. Seventh episode. Oh, Bob Flake died. We don't have our sound engineer anymore. Anybody want to do sound engineering? Get that. <laughs> I admit that happens to me a lot. But we're still trying. We're a very small company with two people. So. <laughs> Good, good, yeah, well, that's, part of it is taking on what what you can handle, you know. I mean, it's all very, well. I have one guy I'm mentoring kind of who's like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to adapt this book, I'm going to do this over here, I'm going to start this, oh, I can't start it now because the actors haven't got their voices in yet. Have you asked them, have you asked them what they're going to be their deadline? Oh, you know, I'm like, just knuckle down and do one show, don't get scattered, you know, but it's just. Scattered fix there, really? What? Scattered? Really? Well, yeah. That's yeah. the name of his company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know who I'm talking about. Of course I know who I'm talking about. I know everyone. That's true. She does know everyone. <laughs> anyway, last questions before we wrap up, because we are wrapping up now. Anything you want to know from an actor's point of view? Anything from a direct point Do you need our website? Uh, <laughs> I have flyers, so I have... I have a few of these. I have more, more of them on the table over the front. Yes, one last question. Um, if you just want to get a podcast out as fast as possible, do you don't know anything about sound or whatever, what's like the bare minimum that needs to happen? Uh, I would say write something, read it into a mic. Oh, oh, one site everyone wants to know www.incompetech.com. Yes. <laughs> This is a music site. This is a gentleman who lets anyone use this music as long as you give him credit. Kevin McLeod. Kevin McLeod. He's wonderful. He's um, got tons of music. Tons of music. Very cinematic. Everything from, you know, pop rock reggae to silent film music. And can um, you spell that? I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H. It's like incompetent, but it's tech. And you can also Google yeah. Kevin McLeod. Yeah. M-A-C-L-E-O-D. <laughs> It's easier to find in Comatech than remember how to spell your name. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, or you know, if you can't remember, come to, our, come to one of us, email, oh, what was that sign with music? But, but yeah, I would say, you know, do a voice, maybe put some music underneath, and um, there's a number of different places to get a podcast put up for free. Podomatic. Podomatic, I think, is one that a lot of people recommend. Podomatic. Uh, it's free, but only for a certain amount. Yeah, you only have up to an excellent amount of stuff. There's, there's a number of different things. And this is another thing that's good to come up and ask questions on Audio Drama Talk, because then you'll get a, well, some input. Sometimes you have to keep bumping the question because people won't notice it, and then it'll get scrolled down, and then you got to bump it. You know? And there are forms. There's a form that says Nocturne 19. There's a form yeah. that says Gypsy Audio. So if you're looking for us, that's a good place to find us. I was going to say real quick, mine is www.gypsyaudio.org, so I forgot flyers. Do yours, yeah. Um, tell them where to find you. Uh, www.workspace with a hyphen in the middle, dot com. W-A-R-P-D yeah. hyphen space dot com. And I'm 19 Nocturne Boulevard, that's one nine. Nocturne Boulevard dot com. <laughs> and it's oh, a podcast. Oh, that's my right. email, that's my website. Right. Well, let's, we're digging the way we find okay. They can find our emails on our websites. I'm assuming. That's true. My, I'm Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard everywhere, so if you see my name on anything, it's always going to be me. I don't use a uh, alias. Of any, well, I do in one show, but nowhere else. <laughs> I'm Julie Hoverson or Julie H, wherever I'm at on forums and stuff. So. There's a Julie H when I Google um, audio drama talk. <laughs> And uh, I think that's going to be it. Um, I am happy to stand outside and answer any individual yeah. questions. Yeah, we, wants to come we can do that. Feel free to come grab one of the flyers here.